Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. Excited. Uh, all right, y'all. Well, welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Coleman. Danny J is not here today, but we have someone amazing and we are doing an interview today with the Kim Shaper of Kim Shaper Fitness. Right? Is that still is that still the name of your business? Yeah, sure. it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and you are the founder of the M3 method, which we're gonna talk about today. And uh, I wanted to have you on because of the things, some of the stuff that you're doing in your business, which I find fascinating around helping women who are in this probably 35 plus perimenopause, menopause part, you know, sort of part of their life and helping them not only with weight loss and, and metabolism stuff and hormones and all that good stuff. And I know you do testing and you have an entire team that helps you with this, but also just really navigating a lot of the symptoms that are starting to pop up. And, you know, even like you always say as early as 35. And so why don't you just start with giving the listeners a little bit of your background. I always love hearing your story. Um, And then how you got to be doing what you're doing now. Yeah, for sure. So um, first off, thanks so much for having me. I haven't been on before, so I'm thrilled, excited to share some good stuff with you in the audience. Um, So yeah, like quick backstory, uh, you know, I I come from like a history of disordered eating and all that stuff, which I feel like a lot of women do to a certain extent. But basically in high school, I was super active, an athlete, all the things, and then went off to college, kind of gained the freshman 15. Um, My mom was like, hey, let's hire this trainer. So we hired a trainer. I'd never really lifted weights other than like maybe five pound purple dumbbells in high school. And that was it. Um, So I'm like, oh, wait, okay, let's see what this is about. And so we went to a a meathead trainer um, and he was, he was good, but it was very problematic because what I started to notice is he put me on the super rigid diet. And as we know, when we just start dieting, the body responds well. And I was 19. So I'd never dieted. I, I literally ate like these lard like filled cookies from the cafeteria that weighed like five pounds a piece. So for me, (laughs) and so he put me on like this five food diet and it was all the ridiculous tilapia, broccoli, all the things. So my body responded great. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing this. And so I kept doing it, kept showing up for the gym and I'm like, oh, I like this muscle and blah, blah, blah. But then 
I, you know, I started noticing that I was having these binge behaviors and I'd never binged in my entire life. So on the weekends, I found myself like wanting all these pizzas and bags of chips. And then I often felt this mass amount of guilt and shame after I ate them. And then I would go to the gym on Monday and the guy would be like, oh, you gained weight. I can tell you ate too much over the weekend. So it was like this negative feedback loop and there's lots of shame around that. So I'm like, okay. This, I, I can't be doing this anymore, but I continued to do it anyway. Went back to college, a sophomore year, um, and like carried around that diet like it was my Bible and uh, continued to lose more and more weight. My parents pulled me out of school. Um, I'm five, like three and a half. I like to put the half in there. Uh, and, um, you know, for me, like I'm, I tend to have a pretty muscular build and I ended up getting down to like 75 pounds. So for me, that's very small. Wow. Wow. And, um, yeah, parents pulled me out and from the age of 19 to 34, I was in seven different treatment centers for eating disorder, anxiety, depression, PTSD. And I was finally like, you know what? Enough is enough. I have got to get my life together. I'm sick of doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. I don't have control over this. I'm 44 now. So my last treatment center was actually at 32. So about 12 years ago, and I was just super diligent about just getting my shit together. And um, it was a slow and steady process, but I was able to do it. And my food got much better. I had a lot more just like self-confidence and, and overall just better resilience of like, hey, okay, I overcame all this stuff. I can really do anything. And so it kind of transferred into my business. And I was an in-person trainer for a long time. As you know, I got super burned out. I found you in 2015. Like everyone asks, who's the best mentor? I'm like, Jill Coleman, duh. <laughs> You're the best. I, You're so sweet. If for you, I would not be here. Um, that's no, I mean, that is 100% fact. So um, I'll never forget, actually. I was thinking about this. I remember sitting in the car at a uh, at a gas station back in late twenty late twenty fifteen, and I remember you distinctively saying, "Kim, like, do you even want this? Like, do you want it or do you not? Do you want to leave the gym? If you want to leave the gym, just fucking get out of the gym." And so <laughs> you were you gave me some tough love, and I remember that, and I'll never forget it. And at that point, I was like, "Okay." So, anyways, got out of the gym, uh, still did some side stuff, and everything was great. Like my my health was good. I was doing fitness in person. I mean, I'm online coaching, but then I started having a lot of my own hormonal issues. I was like, okay, I'm eating normally, things are fine. Why am I, you know, gaining weight? And why am I tired? And my hair falling out? And why am I so bloated all the time? So. I kind of felt like an imposter here. I was this health advocate and this person online helping people with their health and wellness goals, but I was kind of falling apart. So I ended up just diving heavily into research, like trying to figure everything out, ended up finding a functional medicine doctor. But prior to that, I would go to endocrinologists, went to hematologists. I'm like, why am I so tired? They want to put me on Adderall, um, went to an endocrinologist. They're like, your thyroid's fine. I'm like, I don't mm. feel fine. And so, yeah, found the functional doctor. She helped me a bunch. I had a lot of like hormonal issues, gut issues. Um, and I've mentioned this before, like when I was going through a lot of my depression and anxiety, I got put on like 17 different medications at one time. And it was just insane. I was like a walking zombie. And so now I'm, I'm barely on any, I'm on two, but, uh, with that being said, I think a lot of it can be treated when you are, 
just living a good life and you're healthy and your gut's well and everything's functioning properly. Because I think mm. so many times people get over-medicated, especially around perimenopause and even prior to that, because our hormones are changing. So it definitely impacts your mood. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. I have a team of professionals that are you know, right beside me along the way. And and we've got a good thing going. I love it because I love how much you tell your story because you have, I mean, I knew you sort of said from 19 to 34, but, you know, having known you, you had a lot of ups and downs during that time. You know, a lot of like you were married at one point and went through like a divorce and, you know, just like, would you characterize that behavior or that time of your life as having like, and it's hard because food is such a, um, it's like such a metaphor for so many other things in our life, like an addictive behavior. And, and then when you said earlier about seeing yourself, like, I like this muscle and I like what this looks like, and especially you're 19 years old, it's so easy to just fall into the trap of, I just need to diet more. I just need to look like that all the time. I just need to have that feeling all the time, not really ever picking your head up and asking like, is this even healthy? You just, yeah. it, you, and then you don't even think about it until you're 34 and you're like, okay, like I, this actually, I need to break this cycle. And that was a similar story to my, to mine very much. So in terms of like all or nothing dieting and getting to the point where I was like, I want to have other interests, like literally eating and exercising felt like a full-time job to me. And I was at a full-time job in fitness. So I was like, I have to figure this out if I want to have anything else in my life, be successful, including my business, my marriage at the time, like all that kind of stuff. And so you know, the fact that now you're helping people with a lot of the the sort of all or nothing dieting as well as sort of the hormone stuff is really cool because that was, that's been your story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to chat because a lot of your content recently has been around these sort of hormonal changes. And Danny mm-hmm. and I talk about this quite a bit on this podcast because we had um, Esther Blum on who was great. She talked a lot about HRT and like, you know, she she's such an advocate for it. You like leave the podcast being like, okay, this is exactly what I need, you know? And yeah, I know yeah. you talk about that too a little bit and how it's obviously not like, yeah, it's not going to be a uh, what's it called? Like a silver bullet. Like it's not the one thing. It's of course right. all of the things. And yeah. so let's just talk about a like normal person you might see in your business, maybe 35 plus. What kind of changes are people having? What sort of symptoms are they experiencing that you're like, okay, I can see the pattern here. What's happening with people? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I feel like I know them you know, <laughs> inside and out. <laughs> yeah. So across the board. So here's the thing. I mean, and I think as women, this is how it goes. Women will, and, and I did it too, over-medicated on coffee. Uh, like was just like, I'm tired all the time. I'm tired all the time. It's just what it is. It's my age. It's my kids. It's whatever. So the fatigue is like just one thing, but we just bypass it. Another is maybe a little bit of brain fog. Like, Oh, you know, I keep forgetting this person's name or I'm just like, I walk into this room and like my keys are in my hand, but why am I looking for my keys? Or, um, you know, they, they notice that they're like waking up in the middle of the night and they're just not sleeping well. And they just kind of ignore those. But I notice the women typically don't do anything until they notice their weight goes up and mm. what they've been doing just doesn't work anymore. So, you know, and maybe for your listeners too, a lot of the women that come to us, they don't have like 200 pounds to lose. It's maybe they already know how to count macros. They already know how to exercise. That's been their life. And for whatever reason, the old 
tools in the toolbox just aren't working anymore. So they're like, what is wrong? And so a lot of them, hands down, they come to me when the weight isn't moving and the weight slowly keeps increasing. So they're like, yeah, I just feel like I'm just holding more weight in my midsection. It's just, I used to have, you know, flat, flat stomach and flat abs. And now I just have this pooch that I can't get rid of or, you know, I, I keep waking up in the middle of the night and, and, you know, I don't know what that's about and I can't sleep right. Um, you know, the, you know, the, the pants that used to fit no longer fit and I haven't changed anything. My diet's the same. I'm still training the same. Um, fatigue is a big one. They're just tired mm-hmm. all the time. Coffee just doesn't cut it much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I would say those are probably the biggest. And- it's so interesting that you said that about, especially about fatigue and stuff and even sleep. Cause like we just go, well, isn't that just normal? Doesn't everyone kind of wake up in the middle of the night? Like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's, or, you know, aren't there just days where you're going to feel tired and you know what I mean? So I love that you said that people just write it off. Cause I could easily see none of these things feeling so urgent that you mm-hmm. are going to seek out someone like yourself to mm-hmm. fix them or to navigate them because you go, oh, or you just say, you know, this is just part of aging. You know, totally. you just go, this is just part of, <laughs> I'm 40, you know, yeah. I guess you just, this is how it's going to feel from now on. Yeah. Well, and doctors will validate that. Oh, it's just your age. It's just your age. And I get it to a certain extent, but yet, you know, it doesn't have to be. I have, I have women in their sixties in my program and they're just crushing it and they're, they have so much energy. They feel great. I just think it's all relative. And I, I do think and I, maybe we can get to this in a second. I think so many times women think that the, the magic bullet is once I just get on hormones and I'm going to be great, mm. everything else in my life is fine. I already know how to do the nutrition. I already know how to do the training. Once I fix my hormones, once I get my hormones, everything's going to be fine. And it just doesn't work that way. I, it, it's just not. It's so many other factors. A lot of it too, Jill, is the lifestyle. Like, mm. are you just burning the candle at both ends? Are you just fried out? Are you still stuck in that mindset of just constantly pushing the pedal to the metal, like not taking a break? Because that's our stress resilience this time just isn't where it used to be. You have to sleep. You have to allow downtime. And a lot of us just don't want to do it. Yeah. It's like, it sounds really great, but we don't feel like, why wouldn't we do it? You know, like you're probably talking about like going to bed earlier and you know, going on a leisure walk. These things sound nice. Why aren't we doing these things? I think we're petrified that we're viewed as lazy or we're unproductive, or if we don't mark everything off on the list, then we haven't accomplished everything for the day. I feel like so many of us live in our heads and just are like analyzing, obsessing in this fight or flight constantly just ruminating versus really paying attention to like what's going on around me, like present day. How am I feeling? Kind of being, I don't want to say lackadaisical all the time, but where you just it, you like release some of that edge of trying to like overanalyze and figure everything out and control every little thing. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this is um, maybe because this was your story too. Like maybe that's why you're attracting these people too. Because I'm like, probably not everyone feels this way. Like, but high achievers do, right? So have you heard of? I'm for, I forget who it was. I know it's a psychological sort of construct. This idea of like a, a maximizer versus a satisfizer. Have you heard of this? No. So it's it's like it's a school of thought where some people are considered maximizers and some people are are satisfizers, right? And a maximizer, and I am I'm a maximizer, mm-hmm. and. Oftentimes we're like, this is good, but 
I could do more, right? Like this is okay, but like I know there's another level, you know? And and for a lot of reasons, that's why we get to a level of success or we have ambition or we, you know, we do experience that level of success because we're never satisfied. And then satisfiers are like, this is fine, you know? And so it sounds like you probably tend to work with people who are who are like, this is good, but it could be better. And then we're always kind of pushing the envelope, which again, I don't want to like, it's like probably why you've gotten to where you've gotten to, where I've gotten to where I've gotten to. And of course, we're always like by the next level, right? It's always like somewhere else to go. But I love this idea of, yeah, your physiology, right? Keep score. So I might not feel stressed in my head, but you're telling me that probably on a physio- physiological level, I'm stressed. Possibly, yes, because I think a lot of women don't realize how stressed they are until they actually start feeling better. And they're like, can we cuss in here? Yeah. yeah or, they're probably like, <laughs> holy shit, like I didn't realize how bad I felt until I feel so much better. And that's when there's that little aha of, oh, okay, now I know what I was missing. Yeah, that's and, so interesting. Because mm-hmm. it, it's so true. And, and like, as humans, we chase a feeling. So we want to feel good. And so whatever, at whatever period of time you're at, like, you're going to chase what feels good. Obviously, we don't want to be injecting heroin in ourselves all the time, but like chasing things that actually feel good, like healthy things. But then it also gets to a point where those things don't feel good. But if we start feeling better with changing some of our behaviors, it's like, oh, actually, this feels really good. It feels good that I can go to the bathroom regularly, that I'm not bloated all the time, that I can think clearly or or whatever it may be. But I would agree with the maximizing thing. I think it's fascinating because I think that you can have that and you also have to be able to let your foot off the gas some. You can have the Mac, you can, you can want to achieve these things. And you also have to look at, okay, can I just chill for a minute and like rest and allow myself just to be grateful for what I have. And then I can go again. Cause I think so many times a lot of us are just not everybody, but many of us are not satisfied because we want more and more and more. And we're chasing this dead end road versus like having the gratitude for what we do have. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, and I totally agree with that. Can you talk a little bit about um, if this is something you work with clients on, this idea of like nervous system regulation? I feel like this is kind of new and I feel like like maybe the um, holistic psychologist has sort of like made this more mainstream where the average person is going like, you know, you just mentioned it like this like fight or flight sort of mentality. Do you find that a lot of the women you work with and maybe work with men as well, but they have this sort of like dysregulation when it comes to their nervous system. I just feel like there are so many reasons. I don't know if it's the thirties. I think it's like the thirties, man. The thirties are a hard decade because you're like, you already, you've checked a bunch of boxes, like you're married, you have kids or whatever, but you're like still in that like, like go mode to where you don't really lift up your head. I feel like you just feel more comfortable with yourself in your forties and I'm sure that gets better as you get older. But can you speak a little bit to that and maybe that how that might affect people's physiology to the point where they do become weight loss resistance or, or it does affect their hormones? Yeah, I know that's such a great point. And I experienced it firsthand this year. So really quick, I mean, the last year, honestly, and I think, so let me back up for a second. I do think that stress above all else is one of the most impactful things when it comes to nervous system dysregulation, hormone dysregulation, um, because stress is stress. You know, you know, the body, it doesn't know where it's coming from. All it knows is it's stressed. So your body thinks you're essentially running from that lion. If you just had a fight with your partner and you're emotionally dysregulated, if you 
um, just overdid it on exercise and your body's stimulated, it's stressed. If you have an infection, maybe longstanding with COVID or, um, you know, some autoimmune disease, your body's stressed. So there's, there's so many stressors, so many different things going on that the body at the end of the day, it just wants that homeostasis, that sense of balance. And so I think when we're having so many pings over the course of the day, then when you're adding like social media and like you're constantly in that reactive mode, your body can't just like be, I think you can, but you have to be super intentional about it. And that's why I love like going out in nature, going for a walk, putting your phone down for 20 minutes, being able to have a a conversation with someone without, you know, feeling like you have to constantly look at your phone. Um, And when it comes to nervous system dysregulation, uh, you know, sometimes there's like stealth infections. And and one thing I noticed too, I'm like, gosh, I, I was like working on my hormones and my adrenals. And I'm like, why do I still feel so revved up? Like my body can't settle down. And I was dealing with weight loss resistance and stuff. And I just felt like total dog shit. And so one of my functional friends is like, Kim, I guarantee you've got like mitotoxins. You should go get a mitotoxin test. And that's basically just any sort of toxicity in your environment. Sure enough, my black mold uh, levels were off the charts. So I had so much black mold in my blood. And then come to find out, I had a ton of black mold in my house. And so that's actually somewhat common, which I did not know. I had to do a whole like mold overdue. And that, that was crazy. But I feel so much better. But With that being said, when it comes to like that nervous system regulation, if you will, some of the most simplistic things you can do is like go outside, get sunlight first thing in the morning, try and have a a routine where you unwind at night, where you're not on your computer until 10 o'clock at night sitting in your bed. Just very, very easy, simplistic things you can do where you, if you're in a warmer place, go stick your feet in the grass. Um, You know, one thing I'll do a lot and I'll have our clients do as well. It sounds silly, but it works where you really tap into your five senses. And so if you find that your mind is getting squirrely and you're kind of all over the place, I'm like, okay, how can you kind of bring it back? And so I'll have them literally tap into five senses, five things going on around them. So like, what are you smelling? What do you, what do you see? What do you hear? And it always kind of brings them back to the present moment. And it does help regulate your system. I'll also be like, look at where your feet are. That can kind of help bring you back to the present moment. But I just, you know, when it comes to like that nervous system regulation, if you will, I do believe a lot of women struggle with the bloating and the fatigue because they're so up and down. And you see, you see um, people that are just emotionally dysregulated, that they don't know how to handle things or they don't know how to um, manage themselves sometimes. So it's just, they're just constantly floundering. And I think sometimes that can be problematic too. Yeah, I I completely agree. And that's just probably just one piece of like, then what becomes this new hormonal soup. Do you mind going into like maybe some of the science of this trajectory of like low, like chronic stress, what's happening in our body when let's say in your thirties, right? I always say (laughs) is like, what happens and you know obviously you know my story you know Danny's story going through massive divorce breakup moving across the country like all of these big sort of we call them life interruptions on this show it's like all of that because it moment to moment you're like okay I'm good right you're like okay I'm like dealing with this but like then like six months later your hair's falling out and you're like 
100%. You know, and so, so can you speak to a little bit of like what's going on in some of the maybe longer standing hormonal implications of maybe having periods of time in your life where you are burning the candle at both ends or you have massive emotional upheavals or even you're just dieting like crazy for a few years? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this because, you know, we, we always want, a lot of us want the quick fix too, right? Like, oh, l- like, let me just do this thing. But then rarely do we sometimes like look at the compound effect and how over time it can manifest and, and sometimes get to a point where you're like, oh my God, what just happened? How did I just gain this weight overnight? Or how did I just feel like shit all of a sudden? It's like, no, it's been a slow progressive burn. And so what I've noticed for women, it's it's a slow progressive burn. And then there's usually some sort of event where it, it just pushes them over the edge. It's like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. So divorce, moving, new job, chronic dieting, high stress, uh, you know, whatever, COVID, um, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, that usually is sometimes that the extra little knob on the dial that cranks up their um, symptoms. And so when, and, and you nailed it too, if you are coming from it, going through a divorce or whatever, and then six months later, your hair's falling out, it's, it's just a delayed onset. So usually with stress, it's, you know, three to six months, your hair will mm-hmm. fall out. It's very common. So, and that's why, honestly, I think I I dealt with the mold stuff too, because my immune system wasn't solid after the divorce. So I had a lot of symptoms after that. So to answer your question, you know, you're going to notice some subtle symptoms, but you have to be intuitive enough and insightful enough to listen because as women, we, it's easy to push things aside. Like just from what I started from in the very beginning of this conversation, Oh, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Oh, I just feel like crap. It's just normal. But you have to really start intuitively paying attention to that. And just like getting curious, like, okay, like what's going on right now? Like what, what is going on in my life that you know, is causing some of these things? Have I not really been sleeping well? Am I maybe in a relationship that isn't best for me and I'm just trying to mask it? Uh, You know, whatever it may be, but you're definitely going to start noticing um, more fatigue. You're going, well, so here's the thing, sorry. So typically you're going to start feeling more jacked up. So you're going to, they kind of say you're wired and tired. You're going to start feeling really edgy. You're going to start feeling like, and I, I, I'll talk about this sometimes. Have you ever um, taken a steroid pack, like a prednisone, anything Mm -hmm. like that? Okay. So I know most people probably have though from injury or illness or something. Yeah, exactly. So let's say you have an injury or like, I don't know, a bulging disc or whatever it may be, a knee thing. So you go to the doctor, they put you on that prednisone pack. And I think it's like, I don't know, like eight pills the first day, seven, six, five. So what a lot of people start noticing is they start holding a lot of water. They are really edgy. Like they literally want to stay up till two in the morning, scrubbing the floor with a toothbrush, just really <laughs> on edge and hungry um, and really thirsty. And just like, they just want to like beat the crap out of someone. And that's actually the same. It's like the same um, symptoms you're going to have with high cortisol. And a lot of women have high cortisol because they're in that fight or flight. They're jacked up. They're feeling like they're holding a lot of water. They're, they feel like bloated. They they might even feel like superwoman. Like, oh, I can do all these things. I can go harder. I can go stronger. I can go longer than you until they mm-hmm. can't. And so that is often one of the first things you'll see. And and when you are going through, and, and that's just part of the physiology, like when you're going through traumatic events, as you know, it's like you just, you just 
you just go through it. it it's like, you, you do, just, you just do it. Pilot. Your adrenaline's going, you know, you, you hear like people, no appetite. Like, exactly. Like I remember like I would just sometimes just drink a bottle of wine for dinner, like no food, like just <laughs> you know, because you, you are like, you're just, you have no appetite for like probably three years. I had no appetite. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I sit there and laugh. I'm like, God, I'm my leanest after my divorce, but I'm like, I was, <laughs> I was healthy, you know, I felt no. and I was so stressed out, you know? So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're pure adrenaline. So, you know, at some point you're, you're going to tank out unless you choose to slow it down a bit. Um, and so again, with those symptoms, you're usually pretty common. And then over time, you're going to notice you're really tired. You're like, gosh, I just, I need more coffee or you're, you got a good night's sleep, but you're waking up still feeling really unrested. Um, you just, you, you notice like that two, 3 PM slump where you're just, you want to, you want to crash. The minute you sit on the couch, you're out. Um, you just have a lot less motivation. Um, the training, what used to feel inspiring and exciting for you is no longer there. Um, your body stops responding. You might be going to the gym and doing the things, but you're not holding on to any lean muscle. You just feel like, okay, there's this big extra layer of fat over me. And where did this come from? Where's my muscle? Um, and, and your body's still kind of in that catabolic state. It's not in a place where it can, you know, rest and you're recovered and you're eating well, cause it's still so stressed out. So mm. those are some of the things. Um, and yes, your appetite will fluctuate. You might be super hungry, craving lots of sugar, carbs, salt, salt's a big one. Um, you just, you almost feel like you're Michael Phelps. You just want to eat so much food. <laughs> and, then, and then after that, like, it was funny. I was talking to one of my friends, she's a functional doctor too. And she opened up a brand new practice and she's like, yeah, I would literally feel like Michael Phelps. I'd eat like 4,000 calories because she <laughs> But those are usually some of the things and you're not sleeping and, and, and those are just cues. You either slow down or you stay on that route. And at some point you're, you're going to burn out to where you've got nothing in the tank where you just want to sleep a lot, where again, you, uh, so depression's pretty big at this point too. Um, you just have no motivation. You feel flat, uh, there, you don't want to do anything. Um, so that's kind of the trajectory. Um, but there are things you can do. Like, it's not all doom and gloom. There's still so many things you can do to be in a great place. I just, I think like, I really just believe wholeheartedly in creating fun in your life too. Cause so many women, like we just, I mean, I get it. I work hard too. And it's hard to sometimes turn it off and like, let's go do something fun. But I think that's so important because a lot of women too, we get so caught up in, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I got to dig and find all these problems and I need all these labs and I need to do all this stuff. But you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, but are you having fun? Like are you mm. getting out things? Are you solely focused on obsessing about healing when healing really can also just be, I'm going to get out and meet some new friends and you know. I love that. It's such a good reminder because I agree with you. I think we, we get into whether you're a business owner or a mom or a wife or, you know, a partner, you kind of get into this mode of just the daily grind, you know, like I wake up and I do the same thing. You know, I think one of the things that was, has been really helpful for me in the last several years was, um, you know, Keith is not, my partner's not in our space. So for mm -hmm. me, like, like I remember the first day we went snowboarding, I had never snowboarded before and we went up to the mountain and it was like on a Tuesday or something. Yeah. And I remember like, I didn't have cell service and we're like on the lift. And I was just like, 
I was so anxious. I was like, I guess it's fine. Do people just like not work on days? Like, and, and literally I, I was like just off work. I like was unreachable like all day. And then like it, I didn't die and like the business kept going and it was fine. And since then I've, I've worked way less than I ever have, which is like, and it has really contributed a lot to just like being able to rest more, have fun more, laugh more, you know? And I don't know that I knew I needed that until I was in that situation because especially if you love your work, I'm sure like you do too, Kim, you want to be working a lot. But now I've gotten to the point where I actually really enjoy off time. I used to be that person who's like, you can work anywhere, anytime, like work-life integration. Now I'm like, no, definite on times and definite off times to where like you can love your work, but you can also love stepping away. And so I love that you talked about that too. Can you share like some of these other just lifestyle things that people can start to do when they're starting? Because you said it a couple of times, like you're going to have to rest. And mm-hmm. and like, are you going to make me like give up my coffee, Kim? Like what are we talking about? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I mean, no, let's be honest. Like if you love coffee, have your coffee. Do you need 10 cups of coffee a day? No. (laughs) I think times people get caught in the minutia of, is it okay if I still have my creamer in it? Yes. Like, you know, have your coffee with the creamer, do what you love. But I think it's just a matter of, okay, what are you doing it for? Are you doing, are you on your seventh cup of coffee because you haven't slept in two days and you, or you're hungry, but you don't want to eat. So you have another cup of coffee, like be real with yourself, you know? Mm. So I don't think, no, it doesn't have to be so extreme. You have some people that are like, no, you have to cut everything out. It has to be super rigid. Cause I do believe there's a balance, you know, and this is where it can become problematic. I think where some people are so extreme where it's like, oh my God, no, everything has to be cut out. You have to do blah, blah, blah. And to me, I'm like, but is that really realistic? No. I mean, you know, if you want your cookies, have your cookies. You know what I mean? I think there's such a balance to all of that, but, um, Crap, where was I going with that? I just totally lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? Shoot, what was the question you asked me? Oh, Um, just other lifestyle ideas for how to slow down, right? So whether it's giving up coffee or or whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know, my thing is, here's the biggest thing. Pay attention to how you're feeling. If you're so exhausted, get some sleep, like go for a walk. Don't over push yourself again. Um, you know, my suggestion and you're, you're a fan too. I love weightlifting. I think it's great. Do I think you need to be doing seven days a week of high intensity training? No. Um, but I, I think it all comes down to kind of finding that sweet spot. And honestly, some women get really caught up in, oh my gosh, it's all about the exercise. But the reality is, is it's all about the load that your body can handle. So I don't know about you, but for myself, when I go on vacation, I can train so hard because I really don't have much stress. Whereas when I'm home, sometimes I have to take more breaks because I'm just more tired depending on what else is going on. So just pay attention to what else is going on in your life. Like you're going to have ebbs and flows. 
flows. You're going to have times where you can push a bit more and you're going to have times where your body just needs more rest and it's just part of it. And so honor that your body is cyclical. You're going to go through cycles and there's going to be times you put on five or 10 pounds and it's okay. And there's times you're going to lean out and you're like, wait, what did I do? I didn't have to do anything. And I'm just kind of there. Um, so I wouldn't like obsess about it, but I do think, If you have a really hard workout, do I think you need to go and have another really hard workout the next day? Not necessarily. Um, A a few key things I would pay attention to uh, is like, pay attention to your heart rate. Like, do you feel really anxious? Does your heart rate feel really elevated? And you can't just like settle in to me with that anxiety. That's a sign that you you've overdone it a little bit and you just need to take a little bit of a step back. Um, But yeah, I would just go with how you're feeling, how your body feels. And I do think there is something to be said for weights and walks and getting out in nature. Um, It's just great. And I would also, you know, get, get some testing done. Look at where you're at. Um, You know, there are a lot of women that, you know, are not getting their cycles anymore. um, And that's okay too, just depending on where you're at. But I do think hormone testing is important at some point as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that. One more question on sort of the lifestyle side. Um, Weight training. One of the things that, and correct if I'm wrong, that I think that you help some of your clients with is this idea of eating more food and Mm -hmm. exercising less. Mm -hmm. And for people who are type A personalities, right? I like to have a lot of control. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that's a really hard sell. I mean, even just like, you know, especially if you're like not hungry. I mean, maybe if you're hungry, you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I want to eat more, but like sometimes. And so can you explain what's happening with that? We always hear coaches say, if you're weight loss resistant, you might need to eat more. And then you're like, but bitch, (laughs) like it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, or the average person is going, no, I need to lose weight. So why would I be taking in more calories? It makes zero sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. So it's kind of twofold because it's not so, oh, calories in, calories out, or, oh, it's all about the hormones. It's both. So if you are, so here's a prime example. If you are training super hard day in, day out, and you're not eating enough, at some point your body's going to stop responding. And then you might even notice that you are feeling more puffy. You are having like just inflammation in terms of, and when I say that it's your body's natural defense, but just, you just feel like swollen. I can't explain it. Um, but you just feel like you're retaining a lot of water, uh, or you just, again, you're, you're trying to continue to do the same things you're doing and your body isn't responding to me. That's a sign that you're, you're probably burning the candle too much. So scale it back a little bit. Sometimes the magic happens in slowing down a little bit. And Mm -hmm. sometimes eating a little more and your body can respond really well. You just might feel less inflamed. You have more energy, but sometimes what happens is when we're pushing so much, it, it down regulates our metabolism. So it's going to slow down some of your functions. And in turn, it's also going to, um, Uh, jack up your sex hormones. And so what I mean by that, you might have women who, uh, so one of the first things to tank during stress is progesterone. So progesterone is like 
like nature Xanax. It's, it's the best. And a lot of women, um, starting in their thirties, one of the first things to tank is progesterone. And so with that comes anxiety, lack of sleep, insomnia. Um, you know, and, and when, when a woman is stressed and they are doing too much, the progesterone is going to drop. And in turn, you're going to become more estrogen dominant. And so that's when a lot of women notice that they're gaining weight in their hips, butt and thighs, or they're not maintaining as much muscle. So it's not as simple as, oh, just eat more and exercise less because you also have to get your, like if a woman is just like, so used to training so much and eating 1200 calories, you don't just want to say, oh, just don't work out anymore. And let's put you at 2,500 calories. There's no way. So it's a slow strategic step up from that. But the biggest thing is, is like, you don't want to have to be cutting your, if you're at 1200 calories, you don't want to have to cut more and more and more just to lose weight. It's Mm -hmm. almost, you have to do the reverse of that and be willing to get your metabolism to catch up a little bit. And then in turn, you can maybe go on a diet later, but it's almost like your body has to feel safe with you that you're going to continue to feed it in a sense. Cause I do Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of women are very underfed and just not getting the right nutrients. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big deal. You know, it's really interesting to hear like, okay, you just need to eat more. I have a lot of clients, obviously, you know, I help people with their business. And so one of the, I have a lot of clients who have different reverse dieting programs or courses. And they're like, oh, I'm going to do this new reverse dieting course. And I'm like, no one fucking wants that. Like, no, no. <laughs> like, like they, they need it maybe. Right? right. But they don't from like a marketing side. No. Okay. So let me get this straight. I'm going to eat more, exercise less and lose weight. Okay. Like, but I think, but to your point, there is utility for certain people, but again, it, it sounds like it needs to be like, <laughs> you need someone to walk you through that process. Well, yes. Because you will gain, like you'll gain even more if you just like double your calories and like quit all activity. Well, right. And then not only that, like if you're so used to eating 1200 calories and then you go from 20 to 2500 calories, you're going to gain fat. You just are because your your muscle can't catch up to that. So do I love it when women are eating more and they're in the gym lifting heavy ass weight? Fuck yeah, that's awesome because they're building muscle. They're gaining a little bit of fat, but they're also building a ton of muscle. And then if they're like, hey, I kind of want to like lean out. Okay, we can lean them out because they've been getting enough food for a prolonged period of time. Mm. We don't have to slash your calories to like 800 to get a response. But the problem is when you have these women that are chronically dieting over and over and over again, your body has to like earn the right to diet. You can't just constantly go in these diets because your body's just not going to respond the same way. You you have to be in almost a place of like just consistency and eating enough food for a period of time to even be able to like really cut and get the response that you want. Mm. That makes sense. It makes complete sense. And, you know, I wish that we were having these conversations like back 15 years ago when you and I were dieting, like no one was talking about any no. of this stuff. You know, Danny no. J talks about when she was a national level figure competitor, literally like NPC national level, she was um, at the time, she said that she did the exact same diet for seven years straight. She would get off stage and just keep eating the, the same competition diet. <laughs> so when when she started having massive issues with her thyroid and all this kind of stuff, people like other coaches were like, well, you're just not you know, you're just not on the diet. You're not staying on the diet. And she was like, I guarantee you I am eating this 1200 calories. Like I'm not eating because they just assume, oh, she must be sneaky treats and being dishonest about what she's eating. And she gained 30 pounds overnight. 
because of her thyroid. And despite continuing to do all the cardio and all the kind of stuff, and she had just sort of pushed her metabolism like literally right into into Hashimoto's. Um, Mm -hmm. But it really did take like, she thought it was going to be like quick fix. Like, okay, I'll just like not exercise for a couple weeks, maybe a month or two. It took her three years to get her metabolism finally to the point where it was back and, you know, like actually responsive again. I remember that like when some of the events you had, she'd have to sleep a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah, she still sleeps yeah. a lot, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but I th- it came out she had sleep apnea, so she has a CPAP <laughs> and all that kind of stuff now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I do. I want to talk about the HRT stuff because you know how do you? Well, let's talk. Too. Let's talk about the testing stuff because this is where I think people get confused because it's funny. I just went to get my annual exam like maybe a month ago and um, she was like, oh, when was the last time you got like blood labs or, you know, complete blood panels done? I was like, oh, it's been a while. And she goes, okay, I'll I'll put in like a rec form for it. And I was like, you know, I really love a a complete thyroid panel. And she was like, well, we'll just do TSH. And like, Mm -hmm. I know that that's sort of like the only thing that a traditional physician will do. And that's not going to give you the whole picture. So how do people know? I mean, I'm obviously working with you. It'd be a great way to start. But like when you say, you said you mentioned minerals, you mentioned, you know, hormones, like what are like you, that you have this person we're talking about, this like classic case comes to you, finally has gotten to that point is like, I know something needs to change. Yes, I'm ready to do all the things, which I'm sure the person is at that point. What's the first step when you, when you go to testing? Oh gosh. So one of the first things with testing, now are you talking about when they come to us? Are you talking about for the average like lay person who needs to do testing? When they come to you, could this person we're sort of talking about this, you know, again, perimenopause, pushing the envelope, bringing the candy at both ends, ready to do the work. So we have some nutrition protocols we take them through first, then their bodies respond really well. Because what I have found to be problematic is someone comes into the program and they're already inflamed and dealing with a lot of inflammation and their bodies are stressed out by throwing hormones on them. They're not going to respond well. They're probably going to end up gaining weight and their cells are not as sensitized to it. So what we do, we take them through some different nutrition protocols that honestly work really well. So we get them pretty great results kind of out of the gate with that. And then then we do hormone testing because the hormones change so much with some of our, our protocols. But in terms of the testing itself, so there's a couple different gold standards. Some people really love the Dutch. Some people really love blood work. I think great or uh, both of them are great. Um, the only problem with Dutch is it doesn't test like thyroid and all that sort of thing, but it does test like cortisol levels, adrenals, um, and so on and so forth. And just so y'all know, like when I was talking about low and high cortisol and like the prednisone pack and then crashing on the other side, this is very common. And like, if you have adrenal stuff, you're going to have thyroid stuff They go hand in hand. So if your thyroid is low, your adrenals are pulling on your thyroid. So, and your thyroid is literally like your metabolic powerhouse. So if you are like not fueling yourself properly and your thyroid's tanked, you're going to, you're going to gain a ton of weight. Like you just are. And it's, and it's not, even if you're still eating 1200 calories. That's what happened with Danny. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with Danny. It's like her, her her thyroid just shut off. (laughs) Yeah, It literally is like, nope, I'm done. This is it. And so, yeah, it takes, it takes a while. And I'll remind me to talk about T3 here in a second, but I have like, if you guys come to my Instagram, whatever, I can send it to Jill as well. But I have a whole list of labs that you should ask for if indeed you do go to your doctor. And this is where it's frustrating because like you can come to us, you can go to other people and you can run all the right tests and you can, you know, take a few supplements. Do I think a gazillion supplements are needed? No, that's, that's a red flag for me. If you were just getting inundated with supplements, 
that's a hard no. To me, that's, I, I don't like that at all. Um, you can take a few and be good. Ladies, right off the bat, you need magnesium, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, and like a good probiotic, I think would be great. Um, glutathione's always great. It's, it's great antioxidant for your body. By the way, are you still doing NAD? Just got my 2000 milligrams right before this call of uh, glutathione. Yeah. No, I did the full, I did a full NAD treatment. I did like five sessions or whatever. Um, so I need, I'll probably go ahead and just keep trying to do that like once a quarter, but I do get, uh, Myers cocktail and 2000 Mm -hmm. milligrams of, um, glutathione like every two weeks. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, and, and just again, like little side note, if you feel like you are dealing with adrenal stuff, vitamin C is awesome. My mm. favorite are the like little nature's path or nature's way, little wafers. Those things are great. Just pop oh, some cool. of those in your mouth. Um, but for the testing, like if you go to a functional doctor, you'll, you'll probably get the right testing. But if you just go to your OB or your general practitioner, they're not going to do it. You have to be your own advocate. Some of them will, but it's a pretty small percentage. And, and if you were to go and say, what do I need to test? You absolutely need a full thyroid panel. And the reason why, you know, TSH just doesn't cut it. You got to look at one of the best markers for your thyroid is your free T3. And tons of doctors do not run that. That is like your racehorse. If that is, t- I see it so many times, T3 is tanked. And, and this is just like numbers. You, you really want it between 3.5 and four. So many women have it like two point, like 2.1 to 2.8. And this is very common going into perimenopause too. You just, your thyroid suboptimal. So that's why you feel like, oh, my metabolism slowing down a little bit. Some of the best things you can do for that are like Brazil nuts and iodine, um, and seaweed and like, you know, managing stress effectively, but you want to, you definitely want to have your free T3 run. Your reverse T3 is important. That's like the breaks on your thyroid. Vitamin D is really important to run. Magnesium, like honestly, like um, fasting glucose, fasting insulin, um, your liver enzymes, um, like all your hormone markers. If you're going to do that, go between days 17 through 21 if you are still cycling. Um, but yeah, those are all pretty cool. big ones. Yeah, that's great to know. Yeah, you guys, make sure you um, – is it okay for, to tell people to hit you up and get that list yeah, if sure. you have oh, it yeah. if, as an opt-in or something? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll send it to okay. them. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, so make sure you guys – and your Instagram is kim.shaper? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. We'll, ha- we'll put it in the show notes for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, I love this conversation. And can we talk – and you mentioned it. Can we talk about the liver enzymes? Because I feel like this is also something that's really big in the like – 30s, 40s for women is like glass of wine after after a long day, a couple glasses of wine. And it's like not enough that you're like getting drunk or buzzed, but you're like, ah, it's like not that big of a deal. So what's going on? I mean, and it's hard. It's so funny because I'm just seeing so many things lately about like alcohol is a poison, which of course it is. But like yeah. I'm kind of like, but we know that, right? Like we kind of know. Yeah. Like it's like me telling you like a cookie is, is like sugar is a poison. Like it's kind of me saying like don't eat cookies, right? When someone's like, stop drinking alcohol, you're like, okay, cool. But like why and also how what's going on and is it even more detrimental this like nightly glass of wine or two glasses for women in perimenopause versus maybe someone else like i look at my dad and that dude drinks so fucking much he's like 70 years old and i'm like how are you still like like he came to visit and like he's like drinking me under the table and i'm like how is this oh possible God. 
I mean, he's not in great health, but like he's still kicking and like, it's wild to me. I don't know if it's just an Irish thing or what, but what is going on with this? Because I feel like this, because when you're doing it, you're like, it does relax me in a way, you know, until it doesn't. Until it doesn't. Well, the problem too is like it, it takes the edge off, right? Um, so it, do, it does give a nice little buzz, just a little bit. But another way you can get that is with L-theanine. I love L-theanine. It's an amino acid. It's like one of my favorite things just to help take the edge off. Holy basil is great too. Um, those two work great if you kind of want to bypass the wine, but I get it. And sometimes, you know, I have like a little bit of a gummy too, you know, just to kind of unwind for the day. Um But yeah, when it comes to alcohol and liver enzymes, like as we get older, our liver just does not detoxify as well. And especially with the environment that we're in, when we're surrounded by environmental pollutants, when we have, you know, lots of plastics and BPAs and all the things, skin, uh, you know, skincare, um, Mm. all the, you know, all the stuff, like our livers are constantly getting inundated with a bunch of stuff. So for, you know, just as we get older, our livers just are not, just don't detoxify as well. So in turn, if you're having some, some wine or you're having some alcohol, number one, you might get a little buzz a little quicker. Maybe, maybe not. That depends on the person, but often you're, you might start feeling like crap the next day. Not everybody, but I've noticed more women that have like autoimmune diseases. They can't tolerate alcohol as much because they feel like they just feel it in their body. They just feel like crap. So one thing that I will do, cause I'll still drink on occasion is take, um, glutathione or Tudka T U D C A with the wine and, or like that night and drink some water and you'll be fine. I mean, am I, am I saying you can drink all the alcohol? I mean, no, but I mean, it's, it's all relative. I mean, it is all relative. You know, luckily my like binge drinking days have been like, (laughs) like my early twenties. Like I haven't done that, but yeah, it is. You know, it's one of those things where you just go, ah, I do most things well, or you know what I mean? You kind of rationalize it. But, and again, it is that, like you mentioned earlier about the coffee, there is a sense of like, okay, where's the line between this is helping me, um, you know, the quality of life stuff. I go out to dinner with my partner, one of a glass of wine or something. I'm sure sure that's probably fine versus, you know, now it's starting to become more of a habit and like, you're just doing it without thinking. And it's like, okay, maybe we can have something like L-theanine or just something else. I'm big, I'm a big gummy fan too. So yeah. it's a whole nother conversation, but. Dang, I want to eat the whole kitchen. I have to <laughs> tell you if you've ever done a gummy in a walk, it's the best. You yeah. can literally walk for, I'm telling you, you've got to do it. You literally go walk for three hours and you feel like you just walked for 30 minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's funny about that. I, um, I've definitely had strains before. For anyone who doesn't know, we're talking about THC, but um, I've had strains before that I've been very hungry and I felt like a bottomless pit, like literally. But yeah. I, the ones I do now are That's- like... I don't get that way. Just like a very, it's like a, it's an indica, like a very, all I want to do is I feel like just stuck to the couch. Like I feel like just like, I would just go right to sleep, sleep well, you know, five milligrams, not a big deal, but yeah. Well, I'm glad you you talked about that too, because you know, that's, that's sort of taboo as well. It's like, is it okay to, or, you know, it's, we grew up in our, you know, our generation, like, you know, Gen X, it was like, that's a gateway drug, you know, (laughs) just like, is it though really? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I know. And again, it's like, you got to find your sweet spot. And then you have to ask, 
you know, I think intuitively know what our line is. We know when we're like, yeah, we're being a little bit of a lush or yeah, this has really turned into a consistent habit. And then just being okay with, all right, do I want to do this or do I want to shut it off for a little bit? And then, you know, your tolerance subsides and you can come back and have a glass and feel good rather than drinking the whole bottle. But I just think it's all relative and on based off the person and really what you're willing to negotiate and what you're not, you know? Yeah, that's a good point too. Like, are you willing to feel like shit or yeah, but you know what? One thing I have noticed in the last probably like year or two is just a weird like anxiety, you know, like I'll have a couple glasses of wine and wake up the next day and like have almost a, you almost like, like startle out of bed. Cause you're kind of like not in the middle of the night, like in the morning, you're like, did I forget something? You almost feel like you forgot something or like you just feel like, did I miss something? Did I leave someone on red? Like you have that weird, I don't know. It's like a weird anxiety. And so my brothers actually call it hangxiety, like hangover anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Like hangxiety because it's like yeah. subtle, but you're like, yeah. yeah, I don't really like that, which I don't get that with weed. A lot of people do get that with weed too, like paranoia mm -hmm. or anxiety. I don't tend, tend right, to. Right, right. But it's been interesting to kind of watch. They're not wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting and different. Well, last thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, the hormone stuff. So yeah. we had, we did have Esther on and she did, you know, talked a lot about HRT and she's a big advocate. How does someone know if they should, and we kind of, we, that conversation got a little wild because I was just like, I don't want to look like a dude. So like, I need hormones like till I die because I, you know, like as women age and I'm not saying anything about aging gracefully. And you know, there's just so many mixed messages in our society about, not using Botox, letting your hair go gray, like all this kind of stuff. And we've talked about this quite a bit on this podcast about, you know, do what you need to, you need to do. And I think it's okay to, to be like, I still want to feel attractive or I still want to, even just for myself, right? Not because I'm like out trying to, to impress somebody, but just for myself, I want to feel feminine. And when some of these hormones, female hormones decrease as we approach menopause and in menopause, there are changes that can feel, you know, kind of scary. And, and it's, you know, I look at my mom and she has aged very gracefully and still looks very feminine, but it is one of those things where you kind of like, are like, gosh, like what's going to happen when my, these hormones just tank. And I then know. is, well, how do I know if I'm a good candidate for HRT? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, I'm right there with you. Like I will, you know, I will get Botox. I like it when my forehead looks like a skating rink, you know? Um, yeah, but I also, no, I, I, um, I take testosterone too. Do I have a shit ton in my body? No, I take the, the amount that feels best for me. And I mean, I, I I'm, I'm like you, and I think it depends on the person. Like for me with testosterone, I take it. Number one, it helps my mood immensely. It also helps my drive. It helps my focus. I work very hard. And so it just gives me that extra edge. And that's just, and I'm accepting of that. I'm like, that's me. And and, and that's what I like. Um, and I, I think it's so dependent upon the woman, to be honest with you, you, but you can still be feminine and need a little bit more hormone. Like, and so prime example. So if we, I think sometimes people think, oh my gosh, if I, if I take this testosterone, I'm going to look like a dude or I'm going to be a dude. No. I was like more talking about, sorry to interrupt you. I was more talking about if you don't take anything and you just age naturally, you start oh. to look like, we all know those people who are like that seven-year-old couple who like, they look at each other. Like the man yeah. looks like a woman and the woman looks like a dude. No offense to anybody, but like yeah. we see those couples Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure that they're having the best time ever, but it's like, that's the, the when I was saying, like, if we just age without any hormones, we can potentially start, you know, looking like, Oh, see, I honestly, 
I, I'm a fan of them because you just feel better. Like I love progesterone too. It helps me sleep. Um, it mellows me out. I'm not on edge. Um, I have less anxiety. I love some testosterone because it helps my mood and my sex drive. And um, you just feel better. And then, you know, I don't take estrogen yet. I'm not there, but the vag is starting to get dry and it sucks. Um, you know, everyone's so different. I mean, I would say about maybe 70% of our clients are on it. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, like, you can't just like get them back. It's not like they just miraculously reappear unless you're in your twenties and you've tanked something and you just need to, you know, stop stressing mm -hmm. out. But, you know, they gradually decline and that's part of life. And I think it just depends. It totally is dependent upon the person. We have some women that are like, no, I will never take any hormones. I'll never do any of that. I want to do it naturally. And that's totally fine. And are they going to necessarily get the results if they, if they don't do hormones, not as much, but that's okay. I think again, it's just so individualized. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's helped me immensely. It's, it's changed my life truly. Yeah. Well, I do really love how we're, we're transitioning into this being more accepted. I think there's definitely, there has been a taboo around everything. And I haven't really talked that much about aging. I talk about, you know, feeling like a badass in the gym at 40, but I don't really talk, but I've, I've had a couple posts that were around aging and the aging oh. people come in hard for you. I wasn't mm -hmm. expecting that. I'm like, oops. Like, I think I yeah. like stumbled upon something I'm not quite ready to talk about. <laughs> like I was like, I'm not in that space quite yet, but yeah. I could, but there are a lot of really strong opinions around all of mm -hmm. this. So I'm glad that, you know, we have people like you and Esther who are saying like, Hey, if, if you are a candidate, um, mm -hmm. no, some people aren't, but if you are like, it's okay just to yeah. do that. It's not, it doesn't mean anything about your character or, you know, or anything about you or your insecurities. I mean, I think, you know, it's always good to ask yourself the question of like, why am I doing this? Right. If you want to body modify or whatever, but at the end of the day, if it like, sounds like for you, it just comes down to wanting to feel better. Yeah. I, I just feel better. And I think the biggest piece is it just helps my mood a lot. Cause I kind of just have like, that's this predisposition for a little bit of depression. So for me, it helps my mood a lot. Yeah, so that's, that, awesome. that's probably one of the best things, but yeah, I just think it, it really just comes down to a personal preference and, and then just with anything, you have to find that balance. You don't need to go to the extreme and like, you know, get all roided up or, you know, it's, it's like just finding that sweet spot of what feels good for you and you'll find it. You know, but I, I'm right there with you with the anti-aging stuff and all that. It's hard. It's hard. People, I mean, people are quick to judge, but I'm also mm -hmm. like, I want to feel good, you know? Yeah. So, yeah you want to feel good. And like, you want to feel attractive just for yourself. We've done whole episodes on that. Like people are like, why are you trying to look good? And it's like, for me, <laughs> like I'm yeah. like <laughs> for me, yeah, because exactly. you know, you want to hang on to like vitality really to me. That's what it is. Not like youthful. I'm never going to look 25 again. That's not right. what the, the goal is. In right. fact, I think if that's the goal that that's a little bit wild, but like, it's like, I, I like feeling vital. I like having energy. I like to be able to have some juice at the gym, like, totally. you know, and those are the things that you value. So that when the, you start to see those things decline, it can feel really sad and you kind of grieve yeah. over some of those things. You do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but 
That's a good one. Well, Mm -hmm. this has been great. And I love this because I feel like we have a lot of people listening and I'm sure I want you guys to reach out to Kim and, you know, connect with her and follow her on social and all that good stuff. And if you are in a position where some of these things, she did a great job on this call of talking a lot about the symptoms. And so if you're like, check, 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 like like she's really speaking right to me, uh, make sure you connect with her, ask her about her services. She has a program called M3 and she has a whole team of physicians and practitioners and people that she works with. Um, And I know you've had a lot of success with their clients. So make sure you guys give her a follow, connect with her on all the things. And uh, anything else you'd like to share today? No, I just love you. And I'm so glad I got to come on. And and like, I just, you know, I would not, I would not be here without you. You've literally changed my life. And you, I mean, I, I can't say that enough, truly. So you are phenomenal at what you do. You're a badass. And um, yeah, I would not have this job and be where I am if it wasn't for you. So thank you. Well, that is so sweet. And I do think you would be. Maybe I was just the first person to implant the idea, but I just, um, I love you and I just really appreciate you too. And I'm so glad we're still connected after all of these years. And uh, I thought we had you on the podcast before, but I'm glad this is the first time we'll have to do a two-parter at some point when you have something going on. But uh, I just want to say thank you for being here and sharing so generously with our audience. And I'm sure they will be definitely hitting you up. So you're the best. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. You got it. All right, y'all. Well, that is it for us. If you have not left a rating and review for The Best Life, we would absolutely love that. It takes two seconds and it also helps people who are thinking about listening to the podcast know what they're going to get here. So uh, thank you guys for being here. We know you can be listening to anything and we so appreciate it. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.